Hello and welcome to the Pivot Podcast. The Pivot Podcast. Where we go episode by episode and talk all about the show Friends, the 90s, and everything in between. I'm Natalie. And I'm Tiana. Now let's pivot. We're back. Woohoo! Episode 24. The final one. The final one. The one where Rachel finds out. Finally. Yes. Finally. Finally. And so if you guys are listening, then you have heard a third voice on the podcast. Hi. We have not had a third voice on the podcast yet. This is our first time. Woo! I'm so excited. I am happy to pop this cherry. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. So if who, you know what I mean, who is popping our cherry today? We prepared a little intro because she's very special to us. Yes. So today, very special guest on the podcast. She is one of my Tiana's closest friends. We met randomly at a previous job way back. We, we were work BFFs who stood the test of time during a toxic work environment. Oh, so toxic. Bizarre coworkers, Tuesday doomsdays and many lunch walks. Yes. And then we live together. Yes. She is the co-host of our fa- one of our favorite podcasts, Funky Spunk. Yep. She is our fellow book club member. She's a devoted cat mom. And as Brittany said, my favorite room, my former roommate and my favorite roommate. She is wonderful, brilliant favorite punk roommate. rock and unapologetically herself introducing Brittany Riser. Hi. Yay. That was a really nice intro. I would like you to write my cover letters and maybe my LinkedIn bio. Thanks. Please. I just wrote it. Oh, snaps. <laughs> Snap for Brittany. Snapping for Brittany. <laughs> We're so excited you're here. You like Friends. I do. Yes. Is this a recent thing or is this? Yeah, I did not grow up watching Friends. I didn't see Friends for my first time until I was probably like 24. Like it was well after college. It was living on my own and a roommate would have it on in the background. Not Tiana. I was going to say me. Tiana always did have it on in the background. (laughs) My DVDs. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. She would sleep too. Um, (laughs) Go get water in the night and you hear the Friends theme song going on from her bedroom. It's true. Yeah. Brittany and I were joking that our pop culture circles overlap very, very little. Yeah, that Venn diagram's small. It's very small, but we do have some things that we, for for being as close as we are, we really have differing interests. Yeah. (laughs) We're very different people. Opposites attract, baby. That's what I was going to say. Opposites attract, so it works out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right, Natalie, we've got some fun things before we dive in. I have so many fun things. Okay, so first we're going to start with Stephen's email. Stephen wrote to us, and first off, we would love to wish Jamie Westall a happy birthday happy on May Happy birthday, birthday, baby! May 1st, so this is going to come out a little bit after that, but happy belated birthday, Jamie. We wish you all the best and hope you had a wonderful day. Aww. Yes. That was sweet. And then he also had a great question, and... Um, we may not be able to answer this right away, but just to read it off right now. Um, so as the show is starting to close, um, he's wondering if we've been keeping track of the sandwich rating. And he's curious mm. because he said there's a lot of threes and fours, but no ones or twos. So mm-hmm. if the basic concept of the scale is even like a bad sandwich is good, you know, he'd expect to see a couple of lower sandwich ratings. So, Stephen. Stay tuned because we're going to go deep into some of these stats here and some mini sods that are going to be coming your way. Yeah, Look. the answer is yes. We have been keeping track. Yes. Short answer, yes. We're going to go deeper into it. Get really deep into that sandwich. Look, right out the gate, I have not been giving any sandwiches and I can think of a couple episodes that definitely deserve a one or two. What Ooh. would be your ones or twos? Uh, in the like later in season one. Oh, no. Okay. Season one, no. Oh, okay. It's in the later years of the, we were on a rank, Ross and Rachel. (laughs) 
I think I can get on board with that with you. Yeah. So. <laughs> but no, this first season, I think, especially for a pilot season. Right? It's really good. Mm-hmm. It is so good. I was thinking too, it was like, any ones, like we get into the later se- uh, seasons where they do like those episodes where they're just like flashback episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. I hate those. Wait, what? Which ones? Not like the one with the flashback, but where they like flashback to like the season because they need a cheap yeah, episode. Yeah, this is what television sitcoms used to be. They need yeah. the filler for that one. It's a filler episode. For the 24 oh. episode. And it's just like flashback of like, like the episode where Ross is trying to figure out if he should invite Rachel on his wedding. You know what I mean? I do hate that episode. Okay, Ooh, yes. I hate that episode. Because it's a flashback episode. On that one. Yeah, there's no actual like new content for it. It's, exactly. It's all reverberated. Okay, I, so Steven, I get it. those episodes are automatically, <laughs> if it's a flashback episode, automatically a one. I don't think it's automatically for me, but that one that you just listed, yeah it's it's a one yes so stay tuned for that we'll get deeper into some more about our sandwich ratings but agreed on the flashbacks um so we also talked a lot about ghost stories yes because i had some really natalie's had some creepy shit happening okay so if you guys follow us on instagram you saw that i saged my house (laughs) i'm so proud of you thank you also palo santo did a little bit lovely um so it it feels fine i haven't heard footsteps since i did that but no you happenings. know honestly love that for you if they come like i don't mind it as long as it's positive energy like yeah. i don't care it's just like people i just think of it as just like people hanging out but just don't don't hang out with me if you don't know my daughter <laughs> like <laughs> if mean, you are a family member you're welcome but if you're a happy family member you're welcome yeah, i was sure. about to say by this point they probably do know your daughter we would hope so. <laughs> so anyways, we asked for some ghost stories and we got a doozy. Someone delivered. Yes. But, uh, while you're pulling that up, Nat, Brittany, do you believe in ghosts? Absolutely. <laughs> Good. 100%. Good. We're in common. We're in common mm-hmm. crowd here. Yes. So Jonna. Shout oh. out Jonna, my cousin. What? What? Oh, I know her. You know her. <laughs> She's fabulous. And so she wrote to us and said when... Gino, her brother, yeah, and I were little. Uh, he had terrible night terrors. He would say there was a man in his closet and he would come out, lean oh against the wall and smoke <laughs> a cigar. Oh my God. My mom would ask if he was mean, basically, and Gino said no, but it still scared him. So eventually it stopped happening and my mom thought nothing of it. Fast forward and Gino and I are still pretty young and we're running around my grandparents' house. My mom and grandma happened to be looking through a photo book and my brother ran by and said, that's the man. That's the man (gasps) from the closet and pointed to a pic of my grandma's dad. So never met him. It was their great grandpa. And they think that he was just coming by to like watch over him. I'm I'm bringing this up at the next family gathering. Yeah. I have not heard this story before. Yes. Yes, you should. I want more details. Yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely. I love a good ghost story though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Shall we? We shall. So this is our final episode of the season. The one with where Rachel finds out and our writer is Kevin Bright and our directors are our creators, David Crane, Marta Kaufman, and then Chris Brown. But I don't think that that's the Chris Brown that we know. I don't think that's the problematic Chris Chris Brown, right? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. But But I did flinch. (laughs) <laughs> yeah to be expected yeah. and then our original air date is may 18th 1995 amazing okay let's get into the episode recap and really the main storyline here is rachel and ross because they obviously have to wrap that up that's what we're here for thank god yeah 
I was listening to the past episode um, and I had no idea that the baby episode was going to originally be the season finale. That would have been such a flop. Terrible right? choice. Can you Terrible see it choice. though? Like at the yeah, end? You can definitely, like once you've said it, I was like, oh, but then I was like, ah, where, where's the cliffhanger? Where's the reason to come back? Babies are, no offense. <laughs> Not terrible. None taken. <laughs> we were literally just talking about how my child is Petri dish. So like, yeah. no offense taken. Gross. <laughs> it is what it is. So the episode opens and all the friends are looking at the cute baby pictures of Ben. Ross is still swooning over Rachel. So they have to bring that back. And remember, Ross is in love with Rachel. Yes. I forgot. <laughs> so cut to Monica and Phoebe are throwing Rachel a barbecue birthday party. So this episode is like the finale, but it's also a pseudo Rachel birthday party, which personally are some of my favorite episodes throughout the series. I love a Rachel birthday party episode. Wow, I've never thought about it as a pattern. Mm-hmm. Is it just because of what she does with gifts? Well, <laughs> gifts, which I respect. Look, but Tiana <laughs> and Rachel are aligned on gifts. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> Tiana re-gifted me a gift as in this a re-gift room. is sitting next to Brittany right now. <laughs> Brittany literally has a re-gift sitting right there. I'm pumped. And and I gave Brittany my smut book as another gift because she's getting married and, Ooh, you know, going to spice it up. But yeah, I, lo- I love Rachel birthday episodes. I feel like the writing is always really funny. I love Rachel getting to celebrate her birthday. I feel like she and I are aligned like that. So, yes, I 100% agree. She's like, also, you like her whole... Uh, fashion sense to and yours it's just like mm-hmm. that's totally you and her absolutely yeah, yeah. so okay joey mm-hmm. joey's br- joey's line <laughs> so joey gets uh they're at the coffee shop joey gets his bill he needs to borrow from chandler which of course mm-hmm. how that bill couldn't have been more than a couple of bucks well yeah, joey yeah so this time he he says you know he asked Chandler to borrow he'll be like no I'll pay you back because he's partaking in a research project which is a fertility study. Oh my god, <laughs> this is one of my favorite quotables in this episode. So the friends all the friends all make fun of him, and then Phoebe goes, "You're gonna be making money hand over fist." I wrote that quote down and I laughed. I said, "Ha." Literally oh, on my sofa. And I've seen this episode. I don't know how many times <laughs> it's, it gets you. every so single time. Good. It's so funny. I'm yelling now. I'll calm down. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a finale. We should yell. Yes. So as, as we find out that Joey's dating a cup, we find out that he's also dating Melanie. Yes. But he hasn't told Melanie about his science experiment. Look, Melanie does not match his type. Oh, oh my when God. I saw her, I was like, the fuck is this? Thank you. Thought the like, same unrealistic, thing. Unrealistic, bad casting. Was what? that casting director new? She should be sacked. They should be sacked. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Agreed. Like, I've no offense to that, that woman. Mismatch. It's just not Joey's it's, type. Yeah, it's just not realistic. When you look at Angela from the previous episodes with the low cut dress that accents her boobs, and then you've got the basket lady, the fruit basket lady, like the basket lady. What? Yeah. Anyway, no. it doesn't make sense. So she really wants to have sex with Joey because she's punching. Well, let's just get it out there. <laughs> it's true though. She's punching, but in order for Joey to get paid, he's not allowed to have sex outside the experiment. Real, real. So. Um, later we'll get into this, but Monica and, and Phoebe are throwing Rachel to the party at the party. Joey tells Monica that she thinks that tonight they're going to, uh, you know, you know what I mean? It's it, we all know what you mean. <laughs> Monica's like, why don't you 
be there for her. What do you mean? And he has no idea what that means. One of the best quotes because it's like, be there for For her. her. It's like, hello. I know. You know, controversial topic back in the 90s, actually. As I was watching this, I, again, I host the Sex and the City podcast. So I talk about sex on television a lot. But in this case, I was like 95. And while it's all innuendos, still kind of like saucy for primetime television. Yeah, that's true. I, didn't I would think agree. About that. Especially with the vibe that Friends has. It's really not like a Right, it's not show. a raunchy type show. So, and then for Monica to be like, like it's, I feel, and I mean, we're young in theory, but I feel like championing for women's pleasure mm-hmm. is a relatively newly discussed thing. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. And something that I was seeing and thinking about like as we go through the series monica does that throughout the series she gives a lot of sex advice yeah remember when she gives chandler sex advice seven Seven. oh my god the erogenous uh, zones there are seven (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're right monica all right yeah you're right just something to pay attention to as we're going along absolutely i like it so Joey finally figures it out because we see them later that night. Melanie and Joey are in bed. Melanie, like that name even. It just doesn't ah, make no. sense. He, he does not date Melanie. Melanies. No offense to all Melanies out there. It's two girl next door. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So Joey has obviously gotten Monica's message because she is very satisfied. Yeah. I mean, good, good job, Joe. She mm-hmm. tells Joey he's nothing like that she thought he would be, which is like a me, me, me. He's more of a giver. It's basically a woman <laughs> meanwhile the audience is like huh, yeah. yeah sure I know. sure the next morning i love this he goes and talks to chandler about how he's like appreciating it on another level like he's been unlocked and then at the end of the week he gets his 700 bucks and chandler's like oh, are you gonna stick with the it's all for her thing and he's like absolutely not ah so I disappointed know. joey come on now so much growth so much backtrack. Well, in my head, I just keep thinking like, you have no idea, like the word that gets around town. Like if you were that guy, oh man, like just think about it. That's a fair point. But I also think that like, he already is kind of that guy. Yeah, true. Cause like he obviously pleases a woman. Like I don't imagine him just being like a rabbit, you know, like horny he, college. He definitely makes it sound like he is an enjoyable ride in the bed. Well, yeah, clearly, because Chandler can hear what is he called the parade? <laughs> yeah, in the other room. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. Okay, Ross. Mm. Ugh. <laughs> Are you a Ross hater, Brittany? So I know this is a controversial opinion, but I hate Ross. That I don't think that's right controversial. Out the gate, it's I, not. I it's, think most people hate Ross. Yes. As I they personally should. love Ross. As you, of course. <laughs> I so I have a very that Venn diagram shrinking. Yeah, right. I know <laughs> very big bell curve with Ross. Like I do not like him in the first season at all. Like he's very awful. He's so whiny. Yes, he's whiny, whiny Ross. It's like here we are again. You're a wimp. Like you're not taking the spoon. Yeah, the inability uh, to grab the spoon for through the whole season is uh, really frustrating. Yes. He, there is a moment where he gets less awful. Yeah. I guess there we could call is. that my belt. He has been <laughs> he has been a few best friends this season. Yeah. But when we do the stats, I'm thinking he might be leading the pack. Yeah. So Ross, he gets a call and he's gotta go to China for a week because 
he's got to go for the museum because there's a bone that the museum wants. <laughs> this is a thing that frustrates me about this episode. Like the joke about how he hands his photo to Phoebe and Rachel and says, show my photo, not Rachel, Monica, show my face to my kid so he doesn't forget me. That to me seems like a classic new parent paranoia, frustration. Great. It's the comes home spoiler alert, with a girlfriend at the end in just one week that makes me be like, come on, guys, this is not needy realistic. <laughs> yeah. I think going back to the photo, he gives a photo and his itinerary. And I was like, man, he's unreachable. I really envy that. Right. Do you remember like back in the day when it's like, oh yeah, I don't have cell service. And I'm sure there are still parts of the world that you can't get cell service, but it's like less and less as time goes on. I'm going to be in China for a week. You can't talk to me. That's my dream. <laughs> Nobody can talk to me for one week. <laughs> one of the life experiences that I treasure most and think it taught me so much. I went to Europe um, in 2011 and you smartphones had started to be a thing, but like Google, Google map reliance and translation apps. No. And because I was abroad, I didn't have cell service at all because at the time you didn't. Mm hmm. And I navigated Europe with a printed out map quest on how oh. to get to my hostel from the airport on the French train. Like, oh my God. I mean, I definitely got lost in um, Spain, specifically Madrid. That city's a nightmare it's to big, navigate. Right? It's also not, it's a circle that spreads outwards. It makes no yeah. logical sense if you come from America where you have like structured blocks. It, anyway, really, really grateful for that experience. So. Go get it, Ross. You go get it, Ross. <laughs> so he he comes in because they're all at the party for Rachel's birthday. He asks where Rachel is. Monica tells him she's gone having drinks with Carl. He's obviously Carl. peeved. Oh, what kind of a name is Carl? Who I feel like, like it Rachel is pretty typical. Carl? No. Of a 90s name. Maybe not that Rachel would date, but. I don't know. Yeah. So he goes <laughs> to say goodbye to the guys. He's peeved off because Rachel's having drinks with a Carl. And then when he talks to the guys, Chandler's like, forget about her. He's Which not is wrong. good advice. He's not wrong. Absolutely. Especially for the week he's in China. Embrace China. Well, exactly. I mean, he does. He does. <laughs> so they're like, move on. And then Ross gives Chandler a present to give to Rachel. Just, and they say their goodbyes. Yep. Bye-bye, Ross. Bye-bye. Let's get to Rachel. Mm -hmm. So... At the party, Rachel starts opening her presents. Melanie got her a fruit basket, of course. Of course. Why is if Melanie there and me... giving gifts? Thank you. Okay, that's my whole <laughs> that thought. Is is like, there are no other women that Joey brings around that are like are sitting with the friends. And she's so kind of cheesy and like kind of does the shoulder thing. Mm. And I don't know. She's just such like, a mismatch. Not even Chandler would date her. We all know Chandler <laughs> would date anybody that will date him. <laughs> but true. also, Janet wouldn't be giving Rachel gifts. Janice. Janice, damn it. Damn it, Janice. <laughs> I have to say, if someone gave me a fruit basket, I would re-gift that. I would accept that Re-gift it or throw it in the trash? Let's Don't be real. I would food. throw it in the trash. I would probably, I would re -gift probably re-gift it to me. It. I will take all Tiana's future re-gifting. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Back into the gifts. Chandler got her travel Scrabble. Which it's I would better than the windshield wipers that we see oh, later in yeah. one season. Oh my god, that's such a good <laughs> gift giving. That's funny. I I would also re re gift travel travel Scrabble. Yeah, come you know, on. Either of these would be the windshield wipers or travel Scrabble would be a great white elephant gift, especially if that room understood the friends reference to it. 
Yes. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. if you did a yeah. friend's white elephant. That'd be fun. Yeah, I have problems with white elephants because I feel like people just get you shit, and then it's like, well, I'm just gonna throw this away, and you just wasted yeah. twenty bucks, right? Yeah, I have serious problems with white elephant. We know because you can't return them, and they don't make sense to regift. There's no receipt. <laughs> sorry Rachel why don't you carry on it's terrible so Joey gets her just cute Joey gets her a Dr. Seuss book oh the places you'll go which got me through some hard times (laughs) (laughs) Brittany can't Brittany can't mostly because they actually make Joey out to be such a reader in the first few seasons and so Brittany they're Dr. Seuss books no, like he, he, there's a period where he's like trading books with Rachel and then he gets super into little women and well, oh. he reads one book, <laughs> one over and over and it's the shining. He's All not right. in a book. Maybe club. I don't remember this as well as I think I do. <laughs> well, right. there's a point too, where he like, doesn't know what the velveteen rabbit is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thinks it's a rabbit with cheese. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if you knew what all the places you go is how did you not know the velveteen i don't know this is definitely too like the dumb joey yeah like, laying the tracks for the dumb joey stuff like which he, i hate he, he's been like misogynistic joey we had a little bit of like ooh, he's got a huge heart joey and now we're kind of like laying tracks for like god mm-hmm. he's dumb mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. yes so rachel gets to ross's gift and she's blown away because he bought her a very expensive vintage pen. She doesn't even know how he remembered. They were seeing walking, seeing something. I don't know. He remembered. Chandler lets it slip that Ross gives expensive gifts when he's in love. Woo! Crystal duck. He's like, remember when he fell in love with Carol and he bought her that expensive crystal duck? I would accept that as a wedding gift if anybody is listening and wants to buy an expensive crystal duck. You want a crystal duck? Okay. I didn't know I wanted it, but now I do. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say crystal duck <laughs> rachel is totally cough, caught off guard chandler's flailing hence the flannin <laughs> i and love that it's so great and then rachel realizes that oh shit ross is in love with her obviously <sighs> i have problems with you this. have problems with okay this? so the way that i kind of try to rectify it in my brain is she knew he was into her, but maybe the surprise is that yeah. he's actually in love with her. I think that's it. I, she Because she's like, say that again. And he's like, crystal duck. <laughs> and she's like, no, the love part. I think because we've been saying how like she's been cut. Like she has subtly like went through the re- rewatched the way that Jennifer Innocent is playing her is catching on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I do think that could be part because they truly had a flirtation going season one. And yeah. so I think that's coming through, but I, th- and I think it's more the, just how deep it goes. I think she just thought, eh, maybe there's like interest there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He might want to ask me out. Not like this dude is in love with you. Yeah. Which ugh, I have so many problems with this. Okay. So then also <laughs> in the beginning, it was like, he says, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but like I had a major crush on you in high school. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I knew. It's like, okay, well, then uh, how does this not make sense? But that doesn't mean he still has one. True. Oh, it's pretty obvious. But with how passive he's been, like, to get to the love situation, like, she's, I I can see how she's, like, really caught off guard. Yeah. Like, didn't think that this was more than just, like, a cute crush. You're giving her more grace than I am. Well, she and I are one. (laughs) (laughs) 
So as Rachel is processing, Monica's very happy because she's like, oh my God, like my best friend and my brother. Phoebe is blown away by how huge it is. She's like, this is so big. And Chandler's just continuing to flail. <laughs> yeah. I'm in love with you. Maybe you should deal with me yeah, first. Deal with me first. Rachel decides she's like, I've got to go talk to him and rushes off to the airport. I have so many mood points, but I'm going to wait. I, I got to hold it in because I just want to like release them all. You just want to wail on <laughs> Rachel's storyline. Stay do. tuned listeners. It's going to be great. So at the airport, Ross is in the jetway and the flight attendant won't let Rachel pass because she doesn't have a boarding pass, which is so funny that you were able to get all the way up to the gate at those days back it's in the day. so bizarre to see all of those. It is really weird. It's mm-hmm such a weird time moment mm-hmm. Rachel's like okay well can you give him a message the message is she loved the present and we'll see him when he gets back but the flight attendant you have one fucking job dumbass she gives the message to the wrong guy the like, woman the guy standing with a wife that was it too is if I were the flight attendant I would have at least paused a little bit because what are the chances of a woman running up to the gate to tell yeah. the guy with the wife right or the old guy the like 80 year old guy yeah so back at the apartment Monica asks Rachel what she's thinking after she thinks about it. She just doesn't know, but she thinks it could be really great. And then Phoebe chimes in and rains on her parade. Cause it's like, she's like, but it's like starting on the 15th date. I kind of love this. Cause I love that. It was like Phoebe starting. Of course. The pot. Of course you it's do. hilarious. Like she kind of mm-hmm. takes the wind out of the sails and then she I'm like, like sit this down whole, Phoebe. This whole argument to commence. I think it's funny. <laughs> okay. Thoughts on Phoebe, Brittany. Uh, th- she is my favorite character in this oh episode. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. In the this, episode, but like overall. Overall, I like Phoebe. Um I have way more positive like overall there are times when she's terrible, but generally I think she's a solid character. Oh, fine. I think Monica, her and Joey are actually probably the most solid characters in my eyes. Your favorite? Interesting. So Rachel and Chandler Chandler has moments, but I can't get past how homophobic, fatphobic, and I know it's of the time, but I, that holds Chandler back so much for me. I can see that. Again, I didn't watch it until I was in my mid twenties, basically. So I watched it and immediately was like, oh, I hate you. (laughs) Yeah. You didn't have time to like fall in love with him. Yeah, exactly. Realize like, oh, maybe you shouldn't say that. (laughs) So he has great moments. He can be really funny, but. So. Let's get back. After seven days, Monica and Rachel are at the apartment. Rachel has decided that the Ross thing is just not a good idea. She's thought and thought and thought about it. But she's she just thought things that going out with him would be like going out with all of them, which I do think is a very mm-hmm. valid point. Yes. I have a strong belief in my life that you don't date in the friend group. Yeah. If only you watch Vanderpump Rules, Brit, then we can talk all about this. <laughs> Brittany, that's all about dating in the friend group. I did watch a TikTok that did a roadmap of how everybody is connected. Oh and God. I was like, oh my God, what is this mess? Can well, you send a, that to me? I'll find all it. The people, it all the people are like comparing it to like if Chandler cheated on Monica and, and Joey knew. Like that's the, what they're all um, comparing it to. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. But I do think that being friends first is a really good foundation. Yeah. I do too. I generally think that's a pretty solid place to start from dating. But it is risky in a friend group because Mm. you might split the friend group. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Carl comes back. Your favorite. Carl. Carl. What is that from? Is that Jimmy Neutron? Carl. Oh, it's a a bird. No, it's Jimmy Neutron. I was going to say, I don't think I have Jimmy Neutron references (laughs) in my back pocket right now. No, it's Jimmy Neutron because he like loves llamas and he's got like the glasses (gasps) and his name is Carl. 
Okay, I'm looking. Wow, at I, I remember nothing I about Jimmy like, Neutron. Did you watch Jimmy Neutron? I know I've seen parts of it. Oh my God, he's like the redheaded kid with the glasses yeah. and the striped shirt. Yep. He's like, Carl. Yep. <laughs> okay. Anyways. He sounds more likable than this, this he, Carl. He's much more likable. Yeah. So on the balcony, Rachel and Carl are talking. To, are talking. He keeps going on about Ed Bagley Jr. in an electric car. And then Rachel starts spacing out. She's having vision combos with Ross. She can't stop thinking about him and they have a passionate kiss in her mind. Oh, that kiss was kind of hot. Yes. This was a very likable moment for me with Ross. It's finally because he's like Rachel's version. Yeah. He's grabbing the spoon, Ross. Yeah. Yes. If only. She she realizes like she's got to give it a go with him. Leaves Carl on the balcony to go get Ross at the airport. Yep. Have your drinks here, Carl. Yeah. You can finish them. I'm going to go. If and I then, were Monica and I saw him on my balcony, I'd be like, nah. Well, she tries to, in the, in the DVD version, she like tries to, she pawns him off on Monica. Oh, and, really? Cause she, I think he's like a really uh, prominent like banker or something. He's like really rich and successful. And she's like, you want my date? And she's like, eh. and then she tells him who her, who he is. And she's like, eh, okay. Yeah. I'd be convinced too. Sure. When you're, when you would be Tiana literally handing me a date. When you're 20 something, you're like, yeah. he's really successful and rich. Yeah. And the chances of like, T knowing see. somebody who's successful and rich are way higher than me. So Same. I'd be like, yeah, okay. I'll, I should check this out. Just give it a go. Diversify my dating pool. <laughs> <laughs> so as Rachel is at the airport, she's waiting outside the gate for Ross. We see Ross coming down the jetway with Julie, his new girlfriend. Uh, this is your point, Brittany. Seven it's days been one week. and the guy has a girlfriend. Desperado. Like, uh, he just reeks of desperation. I disagree. <gasps> oh, but it's because I know more from like the next, from season two, the. I mean, the background episode. that comes for her does make this less of a, what the hell this timeline makes no sense, but yeah. like barely. You're just kind of like, Ross, how could you? Rachel is out there right now waiting for you. And you brought this woman back from China. I know. It's Ugh. annoying. It, it It's annoying. But like at the same time, I don't blame him as much. I don't know. Well, I may actually have to get into it in some of our movies okay. because I got questions. So Rachel has no idea. And the episode ends. Season ends. Rachel waiting outside the jetway for it's Ross. It's a good cliffhanger. It's a, there's your cliffhanger. Yeah, if, if exactly. Friends, if Friends does one thing well, it's a good, it's hiff, mm-hmm. hiff, hiff clangers. <laughs> <laughs> cliffhangers. Fuck. This is okay. why I was so shocked to hear the previous episode was a possible finale. I know, right? right? There's nothing exciting Nothing brings about me it. back. It's a pilot season. You have to make us want the second. I have I have in um behind the scenes info about that. We'll get into it. We'll take a quick break and be right back. This episode is brought to you by the Stitch Sisters. Ever wanted to find the perfect handmade crochet gift? The Stitch Sisters have you covered. Check out their store where they create crochet goods to order. They create beanies and headbands as well as fun knickknacks for every occasion. You can find them on Etsy at the Stitch Sisters store or follow them on Instagram at Stitch Sisters store. And we are back. I always do a little dance with that music. I know it's hard. How do it's you hard not? not to? Yeah. Do-do-do. It's fun and jazzy. Um, so into some background research, um, the concept of this episode was actually inspired by the writing of Jane Austen. Yes. Side note. So Jane Austen wrote Pride and Prejudice, correct? Yes. Yes. That is my sister's favorite book. 
I love it. And I movie. read it for the first time uh, last year, and it is freaking phenomenal. Isn't it? It's the best. So shout out to my sister, Jill. Today is actually her 30th birthday. Oh, oh we got another birthday. birthday. Yay. Yay. Happy birthday, Jilly B. Cheers. You did it. Another year. Another year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Ironically, we have some Jane Austen stuff for her, but the prevalent idea had been to have Ross and Rachel spontaneously kiss and discuss how it would affect their friendship. Yes. So I have some more background on this. Ooh, give it. So essentially how we talked about the previous episode was supposed to be the finale. Mm -hmm. And then James Burroughs was like, who the fuck cares about this baby? You have to bring Nobody. In. It was the worst plot line. I you can't have believe to, they brought yeah, it in. Yes. You it's have terrible. to bring Ross and Rachel. So David Crane pitched a sequence where Ross and Rachel are on like a road trip and they bump into each other and in, they go into a ditch, bump into each other and then have an impulsive, passionate kiss and then spend time talking about like, can we do this? Are we ready? Blah, 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 blah. Hmm. And then one of the writers were like, we, we cannot do this. Like, we don't want to see them like do a dance of like, are they, aren't they like, we don't want to see them argue or like discuss whether they shouldn't be or should be together. Yeah. What would the next 10 seasons be about? Exactly. <laughs> so that killed the momentum. And then all of the sudden, um, who, who suggested it? I think it was, I can't remember who it was, but he suggested that they do, uh, his wife was really into Jane Austen in college. When oh. It's one of the writers. I think it might be Kevin Bright. So he said, if Jane Austen, how would the story go if Jane Austen wrote it? And so that's how he came of like, well, maybe Ross is called out of town and he's going to miss Rachel's birthday and like Rachel opens the gift. So that's how it came is from like, how would this story be written in a Jane Austen movie? And it's like near misses. Suddenly I am thinking that all writing should be a combination of Jane Austen, how she approaches it as well as, Oh, I just forgot his name. Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. He is so like simple. He knows how to write a very precise sentence. And then Jane Austen is so clever and Mm -hmm. so, as you said, always miss like this good banter that keeps the yes, reader. The tension. All writing needs to be like this. I think that's why people are so drawn to the Bridgerton stuff because yes. Bridgerton mm. is very reflective of how Jane Austen does things. Mm-hmm. It's like they're cross lovers, but they've obviously got chemistry. There's so many different elements. Like Maybe Vanderpump Rules should check this out. <laughs> Maybe I'd like it then. Maybe then everybody wouldn't sleep together. <laughs> Maybe there would just be two people that were drawn together instead of 10. Yeah, that'd be nice. I thought this was interesting though. The script was being reworked for this specific episode like more than any other. And they even did uh, reshoots to like 8 a.m. the day of shooting. Wow. Wow. But I see why. And like to Britt's point, it's like you need people to come back. Like you want people Mm -hmm. to come back. This was a hit right off the bat. Everybody was talking about it before it even like started filming, before they even started casting. Mm -hmm. You needed this to be the big money maker. So like I would have done whatever it took because if I worked on that show, I'd like, yeah, I need a paycheck. (laughs) I know, right? I'm trying to think of who who the person, it was a Vulture article that I saw and he was, oh, Jeff Greenstein. He, oh. was a, he was a producer. One of the Jeffs. Yeah, one of the Jeffs. We love our Jeffs. So Jeff saved the day. Honestly, Jeff saved the end of the episode or I, the end of the season. I would have hated that plot line. It's like, why so are they stupid. going on a road trip all of a sudden? Like, And then they've basically been doing this unsung dance the whole season. And now you're wanting them to do, be be doing it verbally. Like that would have driven me nuts. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I actually like now that you think about it, like 
I really don't like when people discuss of all the reasons they should like nobody wants to see that. Why are we talking about why we should not be together? Like show us, don't tell us. It's like when characters withhold information for no reason. That uh, doesn't make a sense. No. Doesn't, just, <laughs> doesn't make a sense. It doesn't make a sense. Uh, okay, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> I can lose your accent. I got a new accent. <laughs> Oh, man. So this is where we first meet Julie. Now, we don't officially meet Julie yet, um, but she's played by Lauren Tom, mm-hmm. and she was born August 4th, 1961 in Chicago. Um, this would have actually made her 34, 33 when she played Julie, and she's supposed to be dating a, what, 24, 25-year-old? So mm-hmm. Ross is older than that because he's the oldest, right? He's like 26. Okay. Now, this is where I got questions, you guys. Uh-oh. Oh. Okay. So- in the beginning of the episode, we or is it the one with the ick factor where yeah. Monica is 25 and 13 months? Yeah. And so she's 26 years old. Ross is her younger brother. Oh, yeah. And so he should be what? I thought he was older. No, no I think I think Ross is older than that. Yeah. Shit. He's, he's, the, he's older. college. He's the firstborn. Oh he's my a God. medical marvel. He's, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. This makes me feel so much better because in my head, I'm like, wait a second here. So how in the hell is he 24 years old and has his PhD? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he's 27, 28. You're like the meme of the woman trying to do geometry in her head. Like, yeah. <laughs> seriously. I'm like, they fucked up the birthday so much that I can't keep track anymore. You can't trust it. But no, no he is 26. Okay. All right. Then that has been resolved. We are all good there. Okay. <laughs> Thank God. Resolved. Oh, um, so one of the things that our lovely friend Carl talks about, Carl, gotta love Carl. Oh my God. Are you going to go into the car? Yes. Because yes. I wanted to know this and I was like, I'm the most boring person in the world, but electric cars in 1995. Right. Oh, the first electric car was in like the eighties. Yeah. So I knew that, but I didn't know it in the realm of like, this guy could know somebody who owns and drives an electric car in 1995. Right. Like, like you- the, I knew the technology had come somewhere, but mm-hmm. Yeah, but so he, Ed Begley Jr. was an early supporter of electric cars, like going back to the 80s when they kind of first came out. And so he was annoyed by the common complaints that there were not enough charging stations available to make their use practical. It's like, no shit, Sherlock. Still a common problem. Still a problem. Still exists. As the driver of a char- of an electric vehicle myself. Yes, exactly. So It's still why I am afraid to purchase an electric vehicle, despite wanting one. Mm-hmm. Right. So I guess that Ed Bagley Jr. started a public publicity campaign to drive his electric car coast to coast from <laughs> L.A. to Washington, D.C. So wherever he stopped to charge his car, his publicist would alert the local media so that he could be seen in local newspapers or news programs, like publicizing his belief that everyone should switch to electric cars. I mean, think I about believe that if that yeah. had taken off, though, in the 90s, where it would be today. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. It'd be so different. It would be so different. I mean, I did see Ed Bigley Jr. was like, is it like a huge environmentalist? So that makes sense. Guys, maybe we wouldn't have Elon. Oh, God. Or at least not in the way we currently have him. Mm, that would be so oh, lovely. What a dream society that could be. Elon's like, right now I feel like Elon is like a necessary evil personally. Interesting. Yeah. He's doing so Explain. much. He's doing so much. He's like, I respect him and I respect what he's doing. Do I like him necessarily? No. I think he had been doing something that could have been respectable, could have been pushing societal boundaries, etc. And then it went to his head and now he's lost his goddamn mind and he's in the billionaire club with all the other fucking 
idiots that have lost their goddamn minds. And now we're just having a country ran by insane, capitalistic, goddamn mind losers. <laughs> that was a reasonable, very eloquent feeling. Insane, capitalistic, <laughs> goddamn mind losers. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I'm on the side with Brittany on this one. I think yeah. he's got a little the, bit he too could much. Have had, yeah, exactly. His contribution to history, especially with Tesla actually making it into a commercial success, could be, I can't. But could be. I do. He is a risk taker, though. Like when his rocket blew up, he like had a smirk. Like I, I find that quality like interesting. You know what I mean? Do you I think Roman is heading towards Roman in succession? Is heading towards I love Elon Musk Roman with in his succession? Oh, oh my god! Well, that explode. Put it in the pocket and walk away. <laughs> I love Roman. Are you in the final season? No. I'm oh. close though. Okay. I love Roman in succession. He's great. Yeah. I need to watch it. Yeah. Oh, on the list. So good. <laughs> um, so this is the last episode not shot on stage 24. Mm-hmm. It's later renamed the friends stage. So mm. I had to read, I was like, wait, what does this mean? So it's like after like, this is the last episode. So like starting season two, they moved to one stage and that was known as the friend stage. Yep. Oh, because they kind mm. of, it's just like wherever it's all based on schedules and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like what they have available on, you know, different sets and stuff. But then it's like, obviously there's a household name. They get their own stage. They're popular and- now. They're mm-hmm. a really good show. Yes. And this is it. They're, they're around for a minute <laughs> for a minute. Okay. So you mentioned that you've got some moot points. I got a few. So you got some bones to pick over there. I can tell. I do. I do. I do. Let's the biggest one was the age. And now that that has been resolved, <laughs> I feel so much lighter. <laughs> like a weight lifted off. You're like, I'm like, I just don't understand. How does he have a PhD? He's like 25 years old. He's not. So there we go. There are some kids though that like fucking like go to college when they're like 14 one. years old. I mean, not Ross, but you know, you've heard those stories, right? Of like, yes, could be a Doogie Hauser. Is that what a Doogie Hauser is? Do you, have you heard of Doogie Hauser? Who the fuck is Doogie Hauser? So Doogie Hauser, oh, oh my gosh, this is this is again where like my stupid knowledge comes in. So Doogie Hauser is an old show, I think from the eighties, and it it was uh, Neil Patrick Harris. It, he was a kid actor, um, and that's who he played. Was Doogie. he was? Mm-hmm. So he played Doogie Hauser, who like became a doctor at like age 12 or something stupid. I have never seen this show. I swear to you. Never seen it. Just know the reference. Like Doogie sounds like Dookie, which sounds like poopy. (laughs) (laughs) I can't take it seriously. (laughs) Again, we are 12 year old boys on this show. (laughs) Absolutely. Before we started recording, Tiana tried to tell me some gossip (laughs) about something. And she said like 40 names before she got to full house. And I was like, yeah. You didn't know who Jerry O'Connell was. Dookie Hauser. <laughs> I'm. Th- I would much rather know. More. <laughs> Jerry like, this is more culturally relevant. Can I be the Venn diagram that connects you two? Yeah. Clearly, you Natalie's, need to be. <laughs> Natalie's gonna connect our dots, Brittany, because we're very far apart. I was like Jerry O'Connell, who's married to Rebecca Romaine, who was married to John Stamos, who was Uncle Jesse on Full House. We got there. We got there. Yes, we but know. I still don't know who the others are. Anyway, carry on. It's not important. <laughs> Less <laughs> important than Dookie Hazard. <laughs> right. On to the other mood points. So 
when Rachel emerges from her room in her birthday skirt, which we'll talk about later, yes. but that's the one she got exchanging Monica's gift. Um, so she removes a bottle of red wine from the refrigerator, turns and walks towards the kitchen table, then places a bottle of white wine on the table. And then the <laughs> red wine is now on the countertop next to the fridge. It's just like the moving red wine. I was just wondering, oh. like between takes, like what are they doing? Like playing like... I mean, maybe they were like trying something. Like I can see them improving with different things and then being like, oh, that doesn't work. Like let's go yeah. back to the old way and then forgetting about the props. But so. come on, like did I have a white bottle in my hand or red bottle? Like I don't know if you had some wine. I often forget which one I was having. Just know I have wine. Wow. Wine out the, the wine. Bring out the wine. <laughs> um, so when they're talking about the before the crystal duck thing comes up. And then she's just opening the presents. There's a picture on the end table next to Chandler of Monica and Ross, like kind of arm in arm in mm-hmm. the apartment. And you can clearly see set lights up in the corner of the picture. And huh. I'm like, huh. Well, that was interesting. I've I want to go back and look this up in the episode now. I know. I've seen a few things throughout the whole season, but just how much set light, like set lighting gets in the way. And yes. I think that they've cropped it out a little bit for like HBO, mm-hmm. but like on the DVDs, like it's definitely a thing. Yeah, because I don't, whenever I see like mentions of like set light stuff, I never see, you it, never see it HBO mm-hmm. stuff, except mm-hmm. for this one is the only thing I've caught. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never caught any of this. Why is Chandler trying to stop Rachel? Like when she's going to the airport? Why? You- Ultimately because he fucked up. He doesn't oh. want to, He d- yeah, he's like, oh shit, I let the cat out of the bag. But then yeah. at the same time, you know that your best friend is like, in love with her it's like eh, just let this happen i don't know we see a lot of selfishness in chandler's character for a long time like very true. i don't feel like we start to see a more open character of chandler until like the secret monica chandler relationship we start to see <sighs> more selflessness i don't think this is him being selfish well but it's I putting his own interests of like oh I shouldn't have said that. I Nobody think tell like, Ross I said it. I think it's just the the thought of Ross and Rachel being together is like oh. with friend with the friends is so like, oh my God, unbelievable. And he's just like thinking in the moment, like, what did I do? Like I let Ross's secret out. Like I think he's thinking friend wise, like, I just let my best friend's secret, the biggest secret, go. Like he's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. I see that point of view. I just keep thinking, you know that your buddy's like in love with her. Just like, why not encourage her to go? I mean, I'm a, ch- I'm a Chandler apologist. It's fine. <laughs> get it. I get it. And a Rachel <laughs> apologist. Okay. So you I guys w- lived through the nineties. Yes. You guys had Walkmans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How in the hell did Ross not hear Rachel? I said the same thing. Thank you. I'm I like, was like, I know those foam head pl- headphones. Yeah. Yeah. They don't do anything. They're not like the noise canceling shit we have now. No, no absolutely not. So and they don't sit on your ears usually. No, but they're like on the side. Yeah, it's you never. They were always broken. You were always kind of just listening out of one. Yes. So that is my biggest move point is no, he would they have, should have put her. him a little further in the jetway that too, and, and not let her get as close. Yeah. The not let her get as close is really what would have saved that scene. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Especially no customer on an airplane yelled at her for trying to cut the line to board. That would not happen in in today's world. Oh my God. If you are in group one and you are not actually in group one, people will kill. Have you guys lined up in Southwest? Because I am fierce. If I am B12, B13 (laughs) behind me. Okay. Get behind me, bitch. Like we are not playing games. I know you're one person. I am numbered. Go. I was on a Southwest flight 
like a few months ago and me and this man had the same number, like <gasps> A24. <laughs> we gasped so like, dramatically. <laughs> Gasp, but like, I was like- Southwest. What do you mean we have the So same? many faux pas. They have been <laughs> fucking up left and right and now they're giving, oh my God. I just saw- the, first? I saw Southwest has voted the worst airline <gasps> ever. Uh, but below okay. spirit, I which is like can't. below frontier. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I oh can't get on board with that. I mean, no. I know Southwest is struggling, but no, no. I still, so still wait, take Southwest. Someone posted that today in my work chat and I was like, I, we were all shocked that they were above spirit or below spirit. And I frontier. need to know for my anxiety, how that got handled, <laughs> <laughs> how, how the survey got handled. No, no you're, you. Like the man that was also oh, well, he was like older. And so I was like, I'm an A, so it doesn't really matter. And I was like, you can go before me. And then he pulled this like sexist bullshit. And I was just like, yeah, I'll go before you. Yeah. I was about to say, I expected him, especially the moment you said older to go with like classic gendered etiquette, chivalry ish type mm -hmm. stuff. But yeah. he did it in kind of like a dickish way. Oh, so then I didn't feel bad for going in front of him. Turns out he like was using the wrong boarding pass from a previous flight. Oh, <gasps> So it wasn't Southwest's fault. I, I, just I just remembered that now. He had a take. He had a connection, and his boarding pass was from a free previous flight. That's why it was the same. I was like looking. I was like, "How the fuck is this possible?" Yeah. What an idiot. Oh. Mm -hmm. God. Some people's children. Well, you do deserve to go first. <laughs> exactly. So we have a hard blooper, mm -hmm. and this is a fun one, and it has to do with a skirt. So. Rachel is like leaving the door and as she shuts the door, part of the skirt like whips up and gets caught and she like can't turn around and Chandler's coming out of the other door and she like, she's like, oh shit. Yeah. She's like, oh, <laughs> and she like has to turn around and get it. But I don't remember what that scene is. I don't know if that got cut. I was going to say, I just watched this episode before showing up here and I, this scene didn't happen. I think it's, it's a cut scene. Yeah. For it, sure. It has to be because I was like, I don't even remember it from when I had the DVDs. So my guess would be something to do with a date with Carl because she had a date with Carl that night. Mm. Carl, Carl, Carl. So not a hard blooper, but we've talked about how you can kind of see people kind of like lose their stuff yes. a little bit. Mm -hmm. So when Phoebe grabs the photo and is like going up to Rachel, like, oh, I help? love you. Hi, Ross. She gets this smirk where she you can see she's like trying not to lose character yep i'm your father <laughs> yeah what well, was the one after that when oh. she's like when i see him i'll know and she goes oh okay Does this oh help? yeah <laughs> maybe the best character of this episode so that actually leads me into one of the other parts of when i you see a character kind of like smirk is when chandler and joey come in for the barbecue at the beginning and they're like oh they, they I slam the door and chandler's like men are here and then Joey's like, we make fire. Yeah. Cook meat. And then Jaylor's like, then put out fire by peeing. No, get invited back. <laughs> Men are here. This episode had so many good one-liners. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a good one. I forgot about that one. Men I are wrote here. that one down. I was like, mm, so good. Then put fire out by peeing. No, get invited back. No, get invited back. I mean, back. I'm not a, I, I gender, gender stereotype all the way. I don't grill. Yeah. I don't know how to fucking do that. Not a fucking clue. I have grilled. I don't, I don't engage with it. What is it with guys and grilling? I don't know. Is it, it like it's gives meat? them an erection? Like, oh, it's fire. It's dangerous. There's meat. I didn't actually like go hunt it, but I can pretend. I don't know. I think it's something like caveman-ish of like they're starting a fire. Like 
they probably won't do anything if they were let alone in the woods, but like, you know, they're going to start a fire and provide I just think meat. it's learned. There's an episode of Blackish where um, he's like, we're going to go smoke this these ribs. And he's trying to, he's like, the best part about smoking ribs is you get to hang out with your sons or you get to hang out with your dad and you're just telling stories. And like, uh, then the kids are like, this is taking too long. Can we go use the electric girl thing? <laughs> and then you get into the like generational difference. Y'all should be watching Blackish if you're not. The show I've heard rules. great things. Blackish is so good. And Grownish. Grownish is. Grownish rules. So awesome actually smoking like has become like the new thing mm-hmm. now now you're not a man if you don't smoke meat oh what kind of chips do you use my my dad and my the chips <laughs> my dad and my future brother-in-law are like very into smoking and it's so funny to watch them like talk about it it's it's a whole thing two it's like of the, our close friends are getting they got a smoker and like it's like the a brisket. whole thing. It's the I new, got it at 4 a.m. I started my smoker. Look, I got it on a... You can yep. set a timer yep. here. Look, I control the heat from my phone. It's yes. so great. Oh my God, that's what my dad has. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Every one of them. Yes. It's like the new... You know, remember when like at-home brewing became a really big thing pre, mm. like pre-COVID, right? My parents definitely tried that. Yeah. And really? So, oh, they're big beer people. Huh. They named their dogs Guinness and Bass after beer. Oh. Oh. And they were lovely dogs. R.I.P. 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 All right. Anyways, <laughs> men and smokers, grills, yeah. beer. Beer. It, men are here. Men are here. <laughs> I wonder what's something you could like slam the door and be like, woman is here. I only picture wine tropes. Like your classic yeah. like wine mom kind of situation. The kids are gone to the sleepover. The wine is here. Woman kind of is thing. here. Yeah. I shall... Drink the wine and watch this inappropriate movie with a hot man in it. Yeah. I just thought of a good one is like if you go through a really shitty breakup and your girlfriend's coming over to treat you and she's I like, I got the Ben and Jerry's. Woman is here. Like, yep. <laughs> yep. We shall eat too many calories and regret it in the morning. Exactly. Oh, man. Well, on to our fashion watch. Fashion. Okay. I have feelings. We we have feelings here. I mean, we've said we've said some things up until now, so, but let's get out of the way. Joey's red button up. I thought just was cool. It's yeah. not something that I could see Joey wearing personally, but well, Joey was a new character in this episode. Joey was not Joey in this episode. <laughs> no, I don't know who he who was. Who was Melanie? He was Joseph. Who was Melanie? How'd you meet Mel? I'm just so curious. But yeah, yeah the red button up. I think mm-hmm. it looks really good on him. Red's a good color on him. Yeah, it is. Chandler's blue button up. It's like a jean button up under a, like a work vest is very 90s. So, it was so, so random. 90s, but it's nowhere near as bad as most of his fashion throughout this entire show. Agreed. Brittany and I disagree on that. Oh. Like it's just. I love the, me a baggy button up. <sighs> but it's because you can picture yourself in the baggy button up. And I can't <laughs> picture myself in the baggy button up. I can't imagine discussing and chatting and hitting on or being hit on by a man in a baggy button up like that. Absolutely That's not. true. I like it. Cause I'm like, I like this for me. Yeah. yeah. But if a dude came and approached me and like saggy ass, I call him like Donald Trump pants, you know, the like yeah, the, uh-huh. the, the trousers that don't fit and they're like Carl's entire <laughs> suit. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. The Miami vice oh, look. No. Even Ross's entire suit. I was like, yeah. I get that nineties is oversized, but it just plainly does not fit. When, when Graham was getting like his first suit, his dad, like out of college, like gave him his first suits to like go on interviews and stuff. And like, they were so ugly. (laughs) 
I was well, like, especially because can... he's so tall and skinny like, that I imagine so it would big. just hang off him. They were Donald Trump suits, and I would make fun of him and be like, "This, these pants are like your Donald Trump pants." And I was like, "Men in took suits me... is supposed to be sexy. What are you doing with this one?" I know. Yeah. Like, you can't look like a paper bag. And it took me a while to like throw them away, but we finally got there. Oh, nice work. He kept one because it's actually kind of cool and vintagey, but like the suit pant combo, horrible. No, they're not good. Can't happen. Now we've we've judged it up. We've leveled up, leveled. He has leveled up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Rachel obviously wins this episode with the fashion. Dude, the crop jacket. So yes. puff sleeves with the like really swooshy pointed lapel. Oh, it's so good. That she wears over the green romper and tights. Oh my yes. gosh, that romper. The romper was cute too. Oh my gosh. And the the fact that she paired it with tights or whoever like dressed her like paired it with tights, you're just like, oh. You could wear that today and nobody would think twice. Mm-hmm. That entire outfit. Yes. I mm-hmm. said to Tiana earlier before we started podcasting that I want to find out who the designer of that jacket is and see if I can find it on eBay or Poshmark or something like that. <gasps> will you look and let us know? Do it. I will. I will. It's I'm really gonna hard to find down. these pieces. Like it I try really- to look for stuff like a few episodes, it's really hard to find shit. Mm. Even, I mean, again, I host a Sex of the City podcast. Even finding some of the stuff on a show that's rooted in fashion mm-hmm. is so hard. Even just like remakes of it. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. How? how? Uh, anyway. So the, the item that won the episode was Rachel's black skirt. Oh. No, it was the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Agree to disagree. So Rachel's Rachel's got this like gray black skirt paired with a black t-shirt and black shoes. The black skirt is like a high-low, but not like unusual high-low. It's like, it's got a short piece in the front and then it's got this overlay of a long gray gray but like the buttons the belt did you notice that oh my gosh that I didn't notice this outfit at all i what i watched this episode right before coming it's here so and i cannot bad. picture this at all and oh then she God. puts the the blue velvet jacket over it and that, the jacket was the jacket game in this episode piece de resistance point. yes love it although if i had to pick between this and the green romper i'd pick the romper Mm-hmm. I disagree. Oh, you guys are ganging up on me. Yeah, well, she picked the jacket. I picked the romper. Okay, the combination though. <laughs> yes. Also, best hair actually goes to Phoebe. I was oh, very impressed yes. with how her hair her hair looked phenomenal. It did. I didn't even think about that. But her hair yeah. was. I mean, this whole first she, season, her hair has been impeccable. Phoebe yes. and Monica go through some really rough stages with hair. Oh, Monica. I mean, we, Monica. we talk about this season, Monica. She's got these random fucking oh like, my God. bangs, which like I actually have right now. But like the way that they did them to Monica, like the oh. way that they put those bangs on Monica was a crime. Oh, yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. I hate the way they did her hair. I would have demanded a wig. <laughs> like if you gave like, me a bad haircut, hair give me a wig. I who know. did that? I don't know. Okay, the time has come. Best friend, frenemy, sandwich reading. Mm. I need help. I don't know about you guys. Ooh, okay. I love to therapize with you. So let's let's hear it. So let's talk about who gets our mug. Okay, you go. I picked Chandler. Okay, why? What do you mean why? No. So I picked. <laughs> <laughs> I picked Chandler because he is, he spilled the beans and like finally set this shit in motion. Okay. Who else are you debating between? No, that's my pick. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, my frenemy is who I need help with. I also don't feel confident in a frenemy. Oh, okay. All right. Good. 
Good. Uh, we're all on the same page here. So I picked Monica as my okay. best friend because, why? yeah, she gets a little weird about like, why are you breaking up with my brother? Oh, but she's great this episode. <laughs> oh, she's oh, yeah. so great. And like, but she's super supportive of Rachel the whole time. Mm-hmm. Of like, whatever you do, like, we're here to support you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So like, that's- that is what a crazy person would say <laughs> if they felt that way. <laughs> right, exactly. So she's, she's there for her. So mm-hmm. I... And she's also telling Joey to be there for, for her. her. Mm-hmm. She's ultimately like, that is a really good best friend act. Like helping your friend in bed. Yep. I'm Monica. hundred percent. It's a good choice. Yes. Monica is a good choice. I leaned Phoebe, but I think that's just because I love her so much in this episode <laughs> that I think that's just like biasing all things. That's, I mean, that's your best friend doesn't have to necessarily yeah. be like who won the episode. It's just like, who did you resonate the more? Like, I'm like, thank you, Chandler. You put the wheels in motion, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. where I'm like, ah, he didn't do it on purpose. Like fuck Chandler. <laughs> yeah. I think Phoebe's character in this episode does a really nice job of being a pivotal conflict point, if you will, like definitely mm-hmm. not a true conflict, but mm-hmm. creates the space in the storyline for that to be, for something to be reconsidered. Mm-hmm. Even with the like, Ben piece with Ross and mm-hmm. yes. So my friend of me is who I need help with. Okay. Same. Same. <laughs> oh, okay. Great. <laughs> I'm going between Phoebe and Ross. What? Really? Because Phoebe is so annoying when she's like being that conflict. I'm like, shut up, Phoebe, sit down. Oh my God, oh. Tiana. I just hate Phoebe. Yeah. I'm going no, between that, Rachel she's, and Ross. She's being annoying. No, she is hysterical in this no, episode. <laughs> I was going between Ross and Joey. Oh man! Well, <laughs> Ross. Oh Joey, because he's like, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't because, know how to be. Yeah, there for because a woman. who is? <sighs> Come on, dude! You could have used that to your advantage. Okay, did all? Did you say Ross or Phoebe? I said Ross. Okay, well, clearly, as a group, we all had Ross in there, so it has to be it Ross. Has to be Ross. I think so. I I think like just getting a girlfriend in seven days is pathetic. Uh, dude, but I can handle Rachel's wishy-washy. Like, how did you go from not really knowing to suddenly being like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this, to then being like, no, 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 to then being like, I'm flowers at the airport. Like, I don't think shut she up, Rachel. She wasn't obsessed with it. She was just like, oh my God, it's so big. And she's probably like replaying back all the things that have happened. You would stand this. Oh. Yes, because I'm right. I support this because I just think that she knows how big of a deal it is if she were to actually like date him. Yes, it's not just like, okay, let's do it. And then she's got a process and she's like, I still don't know. I don't know. And then she's like thinking and then she's like, well, we do have amazing chemistry. And it's like once the light switches of like thinking about somebody in a different way, like when you're in high school, if someone's like, I have a crush on you, you look at them differently. If anybody sure. says like, sure. I have a crush on you, you're like, oh, am I attracted to you? Like, it's like this window mm-hmm. opens that you're like seeing a new lens and then you're like processing like your feelings. That's fair. I think I also struggle because this opens up to her being the worst character of next season. Oh. What? What? Dude, oh she's so annoying with her. Ross, oh, they do kind of flip. Oh my god, they they switch roles. Yes, I, okay, I but what that. he does. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We could go into that. For we a will while. go into will that. Be another two hours. <laughs> you okay, guys will go into that. S- yes. You can come back and we okay. can fight some more. <laughs> <laughs> Any episode where Chandler and Rachel are called into question, <laughs> Brittany has to come back so we can fight about it. <laughs> 
strong feelings over here. I okay. Like it. Sandwich rating. Natalie. Five. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. It is an iconic episode. You got the skirt. You have the, the realization of love. The I of mean, love. it's just like you remember this episode. Like Crystal Duck. The Crystal Duck. Flennon. <laughs> i think in comparison to this entire season it is a five i think in the comparison to the show i actually probably put it at like a four or four point five because it's up there it's you have really to just up do this you have to just do this season yep. okay in that case i still only give it a 4.5 partially because i didn't watch the rest of the episodes so recently <laughs> that i feel like i can't give it a five that wouldn't be fair to the other episodes okay. i'm gonna give it <laughs> i'm gonna give it a four Okay. But it's a week four. I didn't like it as much as you wow. guys did. Oh, interesting. It was just, it was good. Huh. I don't know. Huh. If you had to pick between this one and the one with the birth. Oh, this one. Absolutely. Okay. Which is why the you one with the rated birth. the one with the birth higher than I think you should have. I think the one with the birth was a three. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And this well, is I definitely think that better. one could have easily been a two. Mm, I could. I, I could have seen that. We could always go back and do a re-rank and be like, do we like our rankings? Well, mm. it is interesting. By the time you start comparing them to the others, things start mm -hmm. like that. I mm -hmm. think that episode as a standalone could be rated at a three. But in comparison to the season, you know, anyway. Yeah. Which is, cheesy. again, why I think actually the season finale episode is a higher ranked one. Because in comparison, it really is mm -hmm. like top tier. Yep. What I like too, like... They really started letting Monica come into her character the last mm -hmm. few episodes, like latter half of the season. And I really liked that. And I want to see that more as we get it. Like mm -hmm. se season two, I'm really excited about because her relationship with Richard comes oh, in. Oh, and so I good. love that. I yes. think Monica is my favorite overall character. <gasps> she, I agree. Like she's, she's in the, the most top. consistent in greatness. But when I watched back this first season at the beginning, I was like, she's okay like she's okay but then you start seeing mm -hmm. more episodes through the later part and you're like oh like they just had to let her like get into her character and let her cook as an actor and like i yeah. also don't think the writers really knew who they wanted to be the standouts well they thought it would be ross monica and rachel yep mm. and then joey phoebe and chandler were like to the like side yeah, banter. Yeah, the beginning you can tell that they are just there to be a laugh track. No, the yeah, they have no storylines. Yeah, so. I don't know. I think Monica has become so much more dynamic. I think that's oh, why yeah. I mm -hmm. like her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she really does. She also mm -hmm. grows. Oh yeah, yeah. I I through this rewatch, I don't have as much annoyance for Phoebe as I thought I did. She's growing on you. She's growing on me. Because she rules. So we'll see. I mean, I she have, definitely has terrible moments. Oh, yeah. She definitely has terrible moments. Mm -hmm. I have more annoyance for Ross in this rewatch. Way really? more. Because he sucks. Yeah. He's so <laughs> annoying. Like, I'm just like, oh, you're oh, so the whiny. My sandwich. We'll get there. That's funny. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've got, this is our season finale, but... You're not getting rid of us that fast. Nope. We've got some fun mini-sodes coming up. We are going to take a break between official seasons, mm -hmm. but we've got fun mini-sodes coming out. So stay tuned on our Instagram. We'll break that all down. We're going to do some trivia shit. We're going to do some stats. Yes. We love a stat. So we're going to do we some stats. We love a stat. Yes. And then Never we're gonna thought I would say that as a college student who barely passed stats. Same. We love a stat. <laughs> and then we're going to do some pop culture. So... Natalie has a video, a movie she's going to watch. I have a movie I'm going to watch, and then we're going to review. Are, should we wait and have a big reveal? Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll wait. 
So just you we've wait, got guys. some fun mini. You guys have to leave up. it on a cliffhanger. Yeah, we already learned this. <laughs> exactly. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Pivot Podcast. You can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow along on Instagram at the Pivot Pod. We'll be posting all of our shit there. Email us, don't take my wind at gmail.com, especially with your season wrap up thoughts. We would love to hear them. We'll chat about them on our stats episode. And uh, that's all. Bye. Bye. Bye.